stop calling wrestling fake. It's predetermined. Then you see a kick. Some guy gets kicked in the face and jumps back up. Oh my gosh. So great. Oh, five star. Dave Meltzer. Welcome to another edition of Hot Tags and Headbanging. I'm your host, Ash Krug. Why am I yelling? If you guys get who I'm going at there, let me know in the comments. I <laughs> hope you enjoy that one. And by the way, if you know who I'm referencing there, it's not a shot. I'm not trying to start drama in the YW, what do they call it, the YWC, something like that. I like the guy. I actually like his content. He just yells a lot. He'll be talking about something that's completely neutral. He'll be talking about, I mean, I can imagine this guy going to the grocery store and talking, telling a story about how he went to the grocery store and he'd be there like, I went to the grocery store, got some milk and walked out. Like he just yells all the time. Uh, I feel like we'd actually get along pretty well. We both like Guinness a lot. Guinness is like my favorite beer. That should give you a hint who it was, but I, but I'm a fan of him. No drama. But anyway, welcome to another edition of hot tags and headbanging, a lot of things to talk about. Boy, we have a lot of things to talk about. And, you know, I want to talk about WrestleMania. I want to talk about WWE because this is WrestleMania season. And you would think that'd be the most interesting thing going on right now in wrestling, but really, it's not. This WrestleMania buildup has been horrendous. And in the last couple of years, the WrestleMania buildup has kind of been... I guess, uh, lackluster in recent years, but even this year, uh, it's just, it's almost non-existent. We're about five weeks away from WrestleMania and I feel like nothing has really been accomplished in terms of build. And I just kind of want to talk about AEW because AEW for good reasons and some plenty of bad reasons was a lot more uh, newsworthy this week. So, I don't know what to say. Like, you look at Revolution, AEW Revolution. I was looking forward to the pay-per-view for multiple reasons. Number one, because of obviously we were going to figure out who they were going to sign and everything. But Revolution of 2020 was actually a really good pay-per-view. So, I thought that, hey, maybe this will be just as good. And also, we hadn't had a pay-per-view from AEW in a while. So, that was interesting. And the angles for Revolution, the storylines for Revolution were not very good. But I felt like the build for Revolution was still better than what we're getting for WrestleMania. And I think one of the problems that WWE has is that they have to build up to Fastlane before they build up to WrestleMania, which is, I mentioned that before, the biggest mistake. They have way too many pay-per-views. There should not be a pay-per-view two weeks what, almost three weeks before WrestleMania? Makes WrestleMania feel not special, plus you have to spend all that time building up for Fastlane, which we all know nothing major is going to happen. The only match I know that's going to happen right now is Daniel Bryan facing Roman Reigns for the title. Roman Reigns is defending the title. Who really thinks he's going to lose a title? 
even I understand that even if we weren't the type of people that knew what was going on, knew it was fake, knew it was all predetermined, even if we weren't like that, you'd still have to sit there and go, well, this is stupid. It's dumb. And I mean, the feuds for WrestleMania have almost no meaning. I'm just going to go through. I'm not going to talk about WWE much this week. I have two other things I will talk about a little later in the show, but in terms of these feuds going into WrestleMania, it's just there's nothing to them. They haven't spent much time building. Lashley and McIntyre, obviously, I think that will be the WrestleMania match, but that is subject to change. Okay, McIntyre lost the title, now he wants it back. Boring title feud with McIntyre, who's become boring. And actually, it's funny, I was at, earlier today, I was looking at my notes, some old notes of mine from when I was doing hot tags and headbanging back in the spring. And I predicted that the fans were going to be getting sick of Drew McIntyre. And that's exactly what happened. I predicted it. It was easy to see. And it doesn't take Nostradamus. I'm not some uh, future teller. I'm not a fortune teller. I just, it's common sense. I knew where they were going with it. And voila, here we are a year later. Bobby Lashley, I think, is going to be an interesting champion. But there's barely any story to this. It's just McIntyre... There's more of a story, obviously, to Sheamus and McIntyre, and they've had two good matches recently, but in terms of the actual storytelling element, they haven't done anything. Where's the video packages? Why are you not doing, gotta give AEW credit, one of the things AEW does really well, they get people on an interview set. And they sit there, Tony Schiavone, other people, Jim Ross, and Jim Ross sits there, well, you know, these two know each other back from back in IWA, Mid-South, whatever. But they actually sit there and talk about the story, and they have B-roll over everything. It's a documentary-style type of build. Why aren't they doing this with uh, McIntyre and Sheamus? You're telling me they don't have any old pictures of them together on the independent circuit? where they were buddy-buddy. You don't have any clips of them anywhere where they were buddy-buddy showing off their friendship. It's lazy. It's straight-up lazy. But that's besides the point. The Lashley and McIntyre feud is just boring. There's nothing to it. Now, granted, let's put an asterisk by everything I'm saying because we have time yet. We have four, around four or five weeks till WrestleMania. So... There could be a lot of stuff being done between then, but I feel like as though there needs to be more already. They already should have been doing things to build this up, and they haven't. You have Braun and Shane. Uh, <laughs> boy, that was a disaster of a segment on Raw, was it? Oh my goodness. I don't want to joke about this because plenty of people have strokes in America every year, heart attacks. Cardiovascular issues are very widespread leading cause of death but i legitimately almost thought shane was having a stroke he was breathing heavily like i was concerned i thought we were gonna have another cardiovascular event right on raw and he you know he was he was even sweating frick but obviously i think the real cause of all this was Raw is a three-hour show. They have to waste time. And really, this feud is a, is a waste. What is this feud based on? This feud is literally 
Braun is mad because Shane called him stupid. <laughs> WrestleMania worthy. That's your WrestleMania match. <laughs> you know, back in the day, we used to have, look back at WrestleMania 25, Randy Orton and Triple H. They had that feud. And uh, there was one, I think there was one time when Triple H busted in to Randy Orton's home, beat him up, all of that. We used to have that. Now, WrestleMania feuds are based on, well, he called me stupid. <laughs> Boy, Braun Strowman would never survive in a Call of Duty, like, game room, in a chat. Never. <laughs> he's a snowflake, I guess. I guess he's a snowflake. <laughs> Apollo Crews and Biggie Langston is halfway there. But they're being really lazy with that. They're adding more to Apollo's character. Now, I'm not a big fan of the accent, although with time, I think he's going to get better with it. And you have people complaining about the accent. Well, guys, you know what? They're trying something with his character. They're trying to add something. So can we just take it for what it is? Come on. They're trying. And that's not something we can really say for WWE much anymore. Uh, And I have a solution for them. This storyline, as I said, is just really bland and boring. It's over a title, of course, but add something more personal. I have a perfect idea. This is how I think it should go. Whether Apollo wins the title from Biggie Langston before WrestleMania or at WrestleMania, my idea is this. Have, first of all, just like any television show and just like any movie, you should have one or two people that are, I don't know what the, the I don't know what the, positions called it's I don't it might be called like a researcher that's what I would call it a researcher or uh sometimes it's a continuity person uh but anyway what you got to have someone do have someone on your crew go and research stuff about the Nigerian culture because obviously Apollo Cruz is doing this whole Nigerian prince thing have someone go out do research on their culture do they have any rituals or something? Do they have any, I'm, I'm assuming Nigerians have tribes and stuff and okay. If they have tribes, are there any rituals that they do, uh, perhaps to make someone a man or something like bar mitzvahs, for example, bar mitzvahs, usually you go to a bar mitzvah and you become a man. There's different, uh, rituals in different cultures where you have to do this to become a man. Okay. Have Apollo Crews win the title from Biggie Langs from Biggie. And then have the feud continue and have it be a chase situation for Biggie Langston. I'm calling him Biggie Langston. I don't know. I just like that. I like it when they called him Biggie Langston, Biggie, whatever. But have that happen. And then Apollo Crews is like, oh, Biggie, you want this title back? Well, I'm not just gonna give it to you. You have to earn it. And no, you're not gonna earn it just through winning a few matches. You need to go through this ancient Nigerian ritual and you need to prove to me that you're a man. Hell, it can be something like an H. Ventura when nature calls, when he has to walk on the, the coals and stand on the log on the river and, you know, get the baby out and remember, remember that? Like have that type of thing. Make it interesting. Hell, I even look back at the uh, feud between the Viking Raiders 
and Street Profits. Remember when they did all those sports challenges? They did basketball. I think they did bowling. It was stupid, but at least it was something different and it was entertaining. Do something. Be creative. But I have a feeling we're just going to get, oh, well, I want the title. I want the title. No, I want the title. No, I want the title. That's what this is going to be. I'm telling you. Asuka and Charlotte, um, we're thinking that's going to be the feud for that, for the women's title. They haven't made any strides with that at all. Barely any. Tick tock. You got, you got like clocks ticking. Get to it, guys. Make it feel somewhat important. It is Charlotte after all. And I understand they had the whole, they had to shift things around because of Lacey Evans, but honestly, in my opinion, the best storyline going into WrestleMania is the Fiend and Orton. It's been long-term. They've been pretty delicate with it. It hasn't really necessarily had any major hiccups and it's been entertaining. Now it could be done way better. I could complain about WWE's idea of contrasted lighting for horror type situations, but I understand publicly traded company. They might not want to be too dastardly, so to speak, but this has been fun. And this is the only feud right now for WrestleMania that I'm actually looking forward to seeing blown off. I think it could be a lot of fun. I'm actually looking forward to the fiend coming back. And Alexa will finally, obviously, um, she's definitely gonna eventually go back to being regular Alexa, but it's just, we have to wait it out a little bit, but that's the only one that I, if I had to give a thumbs up to one feud on WrestleMania, that's the only one. It's the only one that's interesting to me. Uh, bad bunny. They, uh, this, this is a question mark, but uh, we're thinking, Miz and Morrison are going to face Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. There's no story for this. Yeah, there's a slight conflict between Bunny and the Miz. And I do think that Bunny and and the Miz uh, or Bunny and Priest will win this match at WrestleMania if it happens. And then I think R-Truth comes in and pins Bad Bunny to take the belt off of him. And that's it. And Bad Bunny goes off and does his thing. And right now, Bad Bunny is on a PR stint for WWE because he went to Saturday Night Live wearing the belt. Uh, He's going to be at the Grammys wearing the belt. So this is all just a big ruse to, hey, look, we have a celebrity wearing one of our really a belt that doesn't really matter. It's supposed to bring in people, but celebrities. See, here's the problem. Here's the big problem with WWE with their idea and their mindset of, oh, let's bring in this legend. Let's bring in this celebrity and that's going to pop a rating. Here's the problem. The celebrity comes in, pops a rating, and then the rest of the show is almost unaffected. People stop watching. Look at what happened with Shaq on Dynamite. They got 1.1 million people watching for that segment. After that, went down to normal ratings. Here's the problem. You're putting a Band-Aid, a temporary Band-Aid on a wound. You're not stitching up the wound. That's like getting a really deep cut, putting a Band-Aid on it, but not stitching the thing up so it can heal. So, what do you do, metaphorically, to stitch up that wound? 
You make the whole show good. You make the whole show better. You make the whole show, the rest of the show, interesting and casual friendly. Not just, oh, we'll just put a celebrity here and then hope that people stick around after the celebrity leaves. No, they're not sticking around because the show sucks. And I say the same for AEW. Look, I enjoy AEW more, but AEW has got a bunch of problems. You have to fix the show. You can't just splat a a celebrity here, a legend here, and be done with it. That's not going to work in the long term. They have a lot of long-term problems that they're trying to fix with short-term solutions. Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. (laughs) What? What is this? I'm the best. No, I'm the best. Well, I I put the EST in WrestleMania. Guys, I'm actually shocked with how the the low amount of times that we've actually heard Bianca say, I'm going to put the EST in WrestleMania. When she first said that the first couple times, I thought, oh my gosh, we're going to hear this 15 times a week. I'm going to put the EST in WrestleMania. I'm going to put the EST in WrestleMania. I'm going to put the EST in WrestleMania. I thought we were going to hear that thousands of times. Wow. Spit. Thank God we haven't. Because I would have gotten sick of that real quick. But what's the feud here? There is none. And apparently they're going to have them go for the tag titles again at Fastlane. They're not going to build any tension between these two. This is going to be the most worthless, boring feud. Sure, they probably will put on a good match, but the feud... I'm the best. Now, I'm the best. I'm the EST. I'm the boss. (laughs) And then you have Reigns and Edge. Um, No build, because they're spending too much time building to Reigns and Daniel Bryan. And Edge is kind of just there like, hey, remember me. I'm going to spear you. If If they make this a spear versus spear feud, I'm out stupid they could do something so good with this because they have edge who is a great storyteller reigns who is on a he's on a tear reigns is doing the best work of his career and we could have we definitely could have um gotten something really cool with this because they could have had edge or uh, Reigns attack Christian. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen now. Obviously, as we'll get into. I don't know where they're going with this, guys. I just, I don't know what to say about WrestleMania. This WrestleMania build has sucked. Now we're seeing the, the Hall of Fame classes, and that's pretty cool. Molly Holly, Batista, looks like the Bella Twins. That's interesting. And I really do think I really have a feeling The Undertaker is going to get... I think this is the year to do it. They've spent all this time humanizing him, kind of distancing him away from his gimmick. They're they're giving you more personal looks at him as Mark Calloway. And I think it's time. I think it's time to, uh, to, to, to pull the plug. But WrestleMania is just... I'm not looking forward to it. I'm just going to move on. Sorry, my nose always gets stuffed up when I'm doing these. I don't know why. I've the whole day so far before I'm recording this, nose fine. But I don't know, something about me talking and 
Oh, I don't know. I know what's going on. Let's talk about revolution. What I'm calling the Sunday blunder. The Sunday blunder. Boy, oh boy. First of all, Tony Khan really needs to be careful moving forward. Um, let's talk about the two big blunders because revolution was built upon two things. The two selling points of revolutions were one, we got a big signing coming. We got a big one. It's colossal, big. They already had a big signing and big show. Paul White. I love the shirt. No more BS. Clever. Okay, fine. And then of course you had the barbed wire, exploding barbed wire death match, which boy, oh boy, you know, coming out of the show, I didn't think that that was going to be the thing we were talking about. I thought the big news, the bigger news was going to be the signing. Boy, did that not turn out. But here's the thing. This show had those two things hyped up really big. And overall, both of them kind of flopped. I think the the ending of the match flopped bigger. And I do think Christian and Christian is a good signing, but nowhere near the blockbuster signing that they really were trying to tell that like they were trying to lead the fans in that direction. And then you have Tony Khan. Well, I don't know what people expected. Dude, you were acting like this was going to be some holy crap signing. You can't like you can't have it both ways, Tony Khan. If you're working at a restaurant and you're the waiter and you go up to your table and say, hey, you got to try this burger. This burger is the best burger. It's going to be one of the best burgers you've ever had. And then you give that person the burger and they eat it and they go, oh, this isn't too bad. And you know, it could be better. You can't look at them and go, oh, well, come on. You need to manage your expectations. No, you literally sold it like this was going to be the best burger I've ever had. It doesn't work that way, Tony Khan. You have to manage. You can't man. They don't need to manage their expectations. You need to manage the way that you hype things up. In fact, Christian's signing would have been a hell of a lot more effective and better if they just would have had him come out as a surprise. You know, like during the pay-per-view, have Paul White come out randomly. Hey guys, guess what? Breaking news. His music, which I really like Christian's music. Uh, This was the music. This is a twist on what he used in TNA. And as soon as I heard that opening lick before Christian Cage even came up on the screen, I knew it. I'm like, yep, Christian Cage. And it was cool. I like it. I think it was inspired by the Evanescence song, One Last Breath. My, is it my last? My Last Breath. Um, good song, by the way. Looking forward to their newest album. But uh, I knew it right away. And right away, I was like, first of all, Kurt Angle trolled us all. Good job, Kurt Angle. Um, but um, I was like, okay, well. Sorry, Tony Khan, strike one for tonight because that's not a blockbuster signing. Hate to break it to you. Um, You got to do better than that if you're going to talk about blockbuster. But 
I wasn't mad at the time because I was like, okay, whatever. Let's just continue this show. And that we had two big matches you know, after that and everything. And then we got to the, I'll talk about the match itself later, the death match. But then we got to the conclusion and they honestly, what they were going for would have been really cool. What they were going for, I was excited. And it was just with every second, every second of this was just so I experienced every second of this in slow motion because 10 seconds on the clock. Oh my God, what are they going to do? Like, oh my gosh, they're running out of the ring. Eddie Kingston comes down and he's trying to get Moxley up and get him out. But oh my God, he can't get him in time. So he's just got to lay down, hunker down, cover him up. Seeing Eddie Kingston, his former rival and former friend, go and protect John Moxley. Great storytelling. And it would have been accentuated with a big bang. No pun intended. <laughs> and instead of a big bang, we got, you know, a 4th of July when you have those little sparklers that you run around with. That's what we got. You know, we expected this, you know, big explosion. And we got, it was like a queef in the night. And I remember sitting there thinking all at once, just being like, oh, I get it. Eddie Kingston's going to look up and be like, oh, well, okay. Uh, false alarm. And then I thought maybe Kenny Omega and his goonies would come out and or on the screen and be like, oh, ha ha, we got you, you know, something funny. But they didn't. And Excalibur, while this this queef in the night was happening, you know, he's overselling it like he's Joey Styles. Oh my God! Like, and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and first I was, I went through different phases of, of consuming this, this whole spectacle. First I was in shock. I was just sitting there like, oh my gosh. Like, move over Shockmaster. This might be one of the biggest botches in pro wrestling history. That was for two minutes straight. And then I just started laughing. And then I just went on Twitter and the jokes were galore. I mean, this was just a train wreck. And Tony Khan went in the press conference, uh, tried to salvage it, whatever. And look, on Dynamite, I will talk about Dynamite, but I'm going to get this one out of the way. The way they explained it was fine. They turned it into an angle. They did a good job with it. Okay. What else do you expect them to do? It's, I don't know what else people expected them to do on Dynamite. What are they going to come out? What do you want Tony Khan to come out and say, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Look, by this point, I, I don't really care about it. It's, it's not going to be that damaging. I probably might've said something different on Sunday. I think this will be remembered, but it's forgivable for the time being. Okay. But I am going to say this. 
two big things on Revolution were hyped up big time. They both flopped. And I'm going to, I'm going to give Tony Khan this little piece of advice. What I want you to do, Tony Khan, I want you to go read the story about the boy who cried wolf. Little synopsis of the story. I know I I just told him to read the story, but I'm going to give you a quick synopsis and I could be off on the details, but I'm just going to give you the Ash Kruger version of the boy who cried wolf. Tony Khan who cried wolf. Boy lives in a village surrounded by a forest and so many different days throughout the year. He's yelling about a wolf coming to attack the city, to attack the village. And every single time it turns out that the wolf's not there and it's fake. And he's like, and everyone's like, after a while, everyone's like, shut up, kid. There's no wolf. But then the one day a wolf actually shows up and the kid starts crying wolf. And, oh my God, oh my God, run everybody. But people don't care anymore because the kid has lost everyone's trust. And that's what, and then the wolf eats the kid. And that's honestly what's, what Tony Khan is in danger of doing. He's got to be really careful the next time that he tries to hype something up. Because if you keep hyping stuff up, and have it not deliver. And I understand that the, the explosion's one thing. That's not completely his fault. But the Christian thing, be careful. Because if you keep piping the stuff up and then it just doesn't deliver, you're going to become the boy who cried wolf. You're going to become the billionaire, millionaire, whatever he is. I think he's a billionaire. You're going to become the billionaire that cried wolf. And eventually people are going to lose trust in you. And every time you say something big is going to happen, well, people aren't going to care anymore. Be careful. Be cautious. I do want to give my quick revolution, uh, my thoughts of the pay-per-view very, very quickly. I do not do pay-per-view reviews right after the show. If enough people want to see me do it, I'll do it. It's just, it's a time issue. Uh, Plus, you know, it's, it's an imbalance between investment of time and, you know, how many people are really seeing it. That's what it comes down to. Young Bucks, uh, versus MGF and Jericho fun match. That's really all I have to say about it. Uh, tag team Royale fun match. Once again, the show started off pretty strong. It was the middle of the show that kind of got a little, how do I word it? it? It just got a little boring, dry. It dragged a little bit, but regardless, it was still fun either way. Uh, Sheeta and Rayo Mizunami guys, look, they tried to tell a good story and everything, but this was just, uh, just bore fest. I I, I swear I fell asleep and I had, I, I probably got really good sleep during this match. I'm sorry. And not trying to bash the performers. This just isn't it. And they tried to build this up a little bit, but they're just nothing, nothing poor choice of booking this match. I don't get it. Miro and Kip Sabian and Chuck and Cassidy, uh, fine. Just, it kind of felt like a filler match. Adam Page and, and Matt Hardy, um, was fun and 
I, it looks like they're going to show a couple shots and vignettes of uh, Adam Page after this now, <laughs> showing off what he's done with his winnings. Um, uh, just This whole thing was a throwaway, though. But then the last three matches were pretty good. You had the ladder match, the brass ring, the brass ring. A lot of people talked about the brass ring, and some people are complaining about it. Guys, it's a joke. Like, it's not that serious. Some people are saying it looked like the Sonic the Hedgehog thing. It's not that serious, guys. Like, it was a goofy little joke. Hardy, hardy, har. Everyone talks about the brass ring. Just whatever. Who cares? Why are we taking this so seriously? Just just let it go. Um, Pretty good match. Scorpio Sky winning. I was cool with it. Uh, The street fight. I loved the street fight. This was right up there with WWE's Boneyard match. If anything, this was better shot. This was much, this was shot a lot better than the Boneyard match. Uh, A lot more of a modern style type of cinematography. And that's what I really appreciate about this match. It was, I mean, the creepy setting was great. Um, the, the, The camera work, obviously great. And just... Some of the little things they did, the le- the buildups, like when when uh, Ricky Starks was telling Sting to get rid of the ba- baseball bat, you're nothing without the bat, and then you know he throws the bat up through the window, and later on that bat comes into play because Darby Allen gives it back. I, that was my favorite moment of the whole match. It really felt like something out of a superhero movie or something. The the hero is outnumbered and here, but oh, here comes his buddy with the baseball bat and the weapon. And now he can clean house. I love that. That's something you see out of a movie. Thought it was great. Really enjoyable. The feud I just thought was rough leading up to it, but man, did the match deliver. Great. And the death match. Now, yes, the, the finish to the match was with the failed explosion, that was, <laughs> it was goofy, it was goofy, but the match itself was great, really great, just enjoyable match, um, I am going to talk about Dynamite, but I have a couple things about WWE to jump into, oh boy, Peyton Royce and her Raw Talk, her Raw Talk segment, you know, she goes on there and whines, I want a title shot, I've been wrestling for so many years, and I want a title shot, first of all, why are all these promos, these, and by the way, the promo was fine, people were acting like, oh my gosh, wow, shots fired, what a great promo, Guys, is this really what we call a good promo today? Just because someone speaks from the heart a little bit, now that's a good promo? Promo is okay. That's how that's how bad promos are in WWE today. Like, the bar is set so low that if anyone goes anywhere near above that, it's like, oh my gosh! I just... I don't know. But why are these... 
But obviously these promos are, are better than what we get on the television show, which begs the question, why are you doing this on Raw Talk? Why? It's on the network. Who watches Raw Talk? If, if you watch, do you, okay, as a, if you're watching this, do you watch Raw Talk on the network? Be honest. Do you sit there every week and, oh boy, can't wait to see Raw Talk. I mean, Raw is boring enough. Why would you want to watch a talk show after Raw by WWE? I listen to podcasts after Raw, but you're with, you know, they're by fans and I'd rather listen to them because they're going to give a little bit, a little bit more of an honest idea. You know, on Raw Talk and the pre-shows for pay-per-views, they just sit there and go, oh my gosh, what a great show. Oh my goodness. So many awesome things just happen. Oh, goodness. Why are you having this on Raw Talk? Who freaking watches this crap? I guess it's an incentive for people to buy into the network, you know. But then this just this just contributes to a problem in wrestling today. And there's a lot of different terms that people have for it. I'm just going to call it wine culture. And no, I'm not talking about wine, the wine you drink and get smashed from. No. Wine, W-H-I-E-N-E, wine culture. And honestly, started with CM Punk. I was a fan of CM Punk back in the day. Different person too. I was a different person. Uh, I wasn't as privy to how the business worked. This all started with CM Punk with the pipe bomb promo. Everyone just complains now. Whenever they're not getting the push they want. They have to go on the air. I deserve this. I've worked hard all my life. A lot of people have worked hard. A lot of people worked hard at their jobs. You don't think that you don't think that second stringers in the NFL have worked hard to get where they're at. You know? Yeah, plenty of them are. And plenty of them are talented. But just not talented enough. That's it. You know? Sometimes in life you work hard and you don't get what you want. Work, hard work does not guarantee you anything and it doesn't really owe you anything either, especially in the entertainment industry. Look, get over with the fans. Get over with the people. Now, I know there's been different situations where people have gotten over and things haven't gone the best. I get it. But hey, how about you sell merch? How about you show you're a draw? And I understand, well, I don't get a chance to. I don't know what to say for you. I mean, in Peyton Royce's case, she could go to AEW with her boyfriend, her husband. You know? I just don't know what to say to these people. I just, I, I'm kind of tired of it. People just complain. We get too many of these promos nowadays where... Instead of working on your character, instead of actually having an interesting personality character, oh no, I'm just going to complain and whine and be like, I work hard, I work good, I deserve a shot. You know, wah, wah, wah. And uh, apparently that's supposed to get people over now. And the Smarks love that. They love, yeah, you don't understand. That person wrestled five-star matches over down in Mexico against Chushin Thunder Liger. (laughs) 
And look, I'm going to be real with you. I like Peyton Royce. You know, for, you know, for sexual reasons. Let's put it that way. She's a hottie. Um, and I think she has some talent. She's a little rough in the ring, though. She's oof, a little rough. Nice to look at, though. She can talk, too. And look, I was a fan of the Iconics. The Iconics, I thought, were a good team. And mainly, they were good. they were a good comedy act, but they were entertaining. And they had personalities. They did. But as a single star, Peyton Royce has just kind of been in limbo. And I don't know what to say. And honestly, this may sound mean. Um, but look, some of you guys that are complaining about not getting a push, I'm sorry. Like, did you ever think that you're just not that good? You know? And there's a lot of there's a lot of these wrestlers that I just think they don't know how to take criticism. Look, there's things in my life that I've wanted to do badly and I worked hard for. Hell, even doing this. Am I that great? Not really. I mean, I could do a lot of things. I could yell and all the time I could flip out, but that's just not my style. I complain and whine, you know, I give criticism, but I I know my worth, you know, I know where I stand. I, I, I like to be honest with myself, you know, I'm not Alex Jones, you know, I'm not giving Alex Jones credibility for his predictions and his views, but Alex Jones is entertaining regardless, you know. I know I'm not the most entertaining person and I'm very aware of that. But you also don't see me sitting here complaining. Why don't I have more views? Why da, 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 da? You know, I just think, I think what happens with a lot of these people today, a lot of these people that came from the Indies and or NXT is when they're on the Indies, they get, they get told yes all the time. They're told, yes, you're good. You're so good. You're so good. The fans love them. Oh my gosh, you guys are so good. You did this 450 splash. You did all these kicks and flips. They're constantly reinforced that how good they are. NXT, same thing. They're down on NXT. They get praised every time they come out. You know, even ROH, same thing. The streamers, all of it. They get praised so much. That now they come to the main roster, the big leagues, have they even grown? Because they've been told yes their whole life. Feels like they've been told yes their whole career. Now, I don't know if they've been told yes by people backstage, but just by the fans in general. But then they get to the main roster and they can't get over and they wonder why. It's like, well, it's a different audience and you haven't adapted yet. And I think that some of these people get some egos and they think they know everything and they're like... Oh, come on. No, the fans are just stupid. They don't understand. No, you have to adapt to what the mainstream fans want. Casual fans are way different than the Smarks. Trust me, they are way different. <laughs> they probably smell better, too. Um, I'm, I'm just kind of sick of this whiny culture. And, you know, I was a big fan of CM Punk back in the day. The pipe bomb was pretty a, a pretty big deal. I remember watching it live and being like, whoa, like crazy. And it's just gotten to the point where now everyone thinks they're the next CM Punk. Guys, that's not going to work all the time. You can't. I understand the squeaky wheel does get the grease. 
but it doesn't mean that the squeaky wheel is, isn't annoying. You can complain and whine all you want, but look, complaining and whining doesn't get you anywhere. I think that's part of the problem too, is that these talents think they can just complain and whine and everything's going to be fixed. But here's the problem. You may complain and whine and they could give you a push, but you haven't changed your character. You haven't done anything to fix your in-ring work, anything. Cut better promos, nothing. You haven't fixed anything. You've only fixed, oh, I'm, I'm getting other opportunities. But then when that doesn't work, what excuse do you have? One more thing with WWE. Talk, there's talk about this Peacock deal. Um, at first, when this thing starts, not everything is going to, you know, be there right away, which is frustrating. Uh, old Raws, old Nitros, old content, not going to be there right away. And, and I know that's frustrating. It's frustrating for me too. And what I say, I have a couple things to say about that. First of all, um, be patient. It'll be there. Sorry. Uh, it'll come. It, it'll take a while. You got to realize there's a lot of content that they have to migrate over from one server to another. And whew, I mean, imagine how long it took WWE to just upload all this content to the original network. And now they have to do it again to a nut to Peacock. They're going to take, you know, all of it and, and takes a while, takes a while. You got to realize these video files, you're talking about high quality HD video files that are being transferred over to servers and stuff. Takes a while guys. You got these long shows, long features, have you ever tried to export a long video? I know. Trust me. I've done, I mean, I've done video production professionally for six years and I know it may not show as much on this show. Um, when it comes to video production value, this stuff is not my best work. Let's put it that way. Um, but, but I, but I also know where I stand. As I mentioned earlier, you know, I like looking like, for example, looking at the, uh, the cinematic match, the street fight at revolution, you know, I, that was shot really well. I wish I could be that damn good. Um, but regardless, and of course now my light has gone away. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> gotta love this. I don't have professional lights. Um, I just use daylight anyway, regardless. Um, but it's going to take time to transfer everything over. My only complaint is this. One thing I don't understand is they're having all this, all this newer content, this fresh content that is mainly based around today's product. That's the stuff that's going on first. I think that's a big mistake because look, can we be real wrestling as much money as WWE is making wrestling in terms of popularity is at an all time low in popularity. Okay. So why are you putting the stuff about today's product out there on the network first? People are not, I guarantee you, people are not going to be coming to the WWE network portion of, the, of Peacock in mass to watch a 24 on Seth Rollins. 
or someone else or Liv Morgan's thing, which I actually sat down and watched and was well produced. Although <laughs> you want, okay. Liv Morgan, for some of you who don't know, Liv Morgan had a little mini documentary made about her on the network. You want a summary of it? Here's a summary. I grew up dreaming of being in the WWE and I made it to the WWE and it was exciting. But then things went downhill. Oh, and then this next opportunity came up. Oh, and then things went downhill again. Oh, I joined the Riot Squad. Excitement. Oh, and then that went nowhere. Oh, and then I interrupted Lana's wedding. Oh, and that went nowhere. That's the whole thing. The story of Liv Morgan's career. (laughs) But who wants to watch that? People, like... People want to go back and watch the old stuff. That's the popular stuff. Get that on there. Another thing that they're not going to have apparently is right now on the network, when you watch something, you can go through different chapters. If you want to watch a specific match, you can go and click on it and go watch that match only. I was actually going back a while, a while ago, I was going back and watching Uh, When Cody Rhodes was doing Dashing Cody Rhodes, which is one of my favorite gimmicks in WWE. um, Obvious, pretty obvious that it is because at the end of every episode, I say stay dashing. Uh, I was going back and watching his old matches and feuds and you could go through the old Smackdowns and oh, Cody Rhodes's segment. There you go. And it was cool. They're not going to have that for a while. It's going to take a while to, you know, fix things up. They have to transfer anything. And look, hate to break it to you guys, but WWE is not necessarily a priority for Peacock. Okay. Not a priority. Peacock's got a lot of other content on there that people would rather watch. Hate to break it to you, but give it time. It's coming. Anyway, to end off the show, Let's talk about AEW Dynamite for a little bit here. Just for a little teensy-wincy bit. Okay, I don't know why I said it like that. Um, hope you guys are enjoying the show, though. Uh, as you might see at the bottom of the screen, if you like this video, hit like. It does, a, it does a hell of a lot when you hit that like button. For some people that don't understand, you're going to see a lot of YouTubers out there and people that say... Hit like and subscribe. Hit like and subscribe. Hit like and subscribe. And I know that a lot of people uh, see it as shameless pandering and please and begging and stuff. And I get it. But the one reason a lot of people do it is look, when you when you hit that like button, that tells an algorithm something. It tells the algorithm, oh, this is an important this video is liked by a lot of people. Let's push it out there more. Subscribe button, same thing, because if you're subscribed, you, you're most likely going to get notified that the video's there and then all of that. That's why a lot of us say hit like and subscribe and all of that and, and comment too. It's all about engagement. That's the way social media is. Uh, when you're getting engagement on your posts, the more engagement you get, the more the algorithm is taught to, oh, hey, this person's content is of quality. So Let's push it out there. So engagement's really important. So anyone that likes or comments on my videos, I really appreciate it. And anyone that subscribes, I really appreciate it because it's just another step towards getting the content out there more. 
because otherwise you got to pay to promote your content and that's no fun. So AW Dynamite this week uh, was a decent show. Obviously, this is one of those reset shows where you got to kind of start new feuds and everything. And um, just a few highlights here. Um, obviously, they had the, the they, they explained the whole botched explosion and their whole idea is that, well, you know, it was a mistake. But hey, regardless, who cares? Uh, Kenny Omega, they're laughing at the fact that Ken, they made Eddie Kingston look like a fool. And <laughs> my favorite part on Dynamite this week was when they mocked him with the countdown and, oh my God, Don, Don, save me, 69 me, 69 me. <laughs> he said that, he said that Eddie Kingston dry humped John Moxley in the ring. <laughs> that was great. Honestly, Kenny Omega as a heel in this role has actually been winning me over. I'm not a big fan of him, uh, but he's been good in this role regardless. Um, other things on this show that I thought were cool. I have to tell you something. I noticed this during the match on Sunday with Jericho and MGF, and um, I have to say it now because Matt Jackson and Ray Phoenix put on a good match to start the show. Um I really think Matt Jackson's the better young buck and I'm not a fan of them, but if I had to give one the benefit of the doubt, I'd have to say that Matt Jackson is, he's more primed for a singles run. Nick Jackson's just kind of boring to me. And that really stuck out to me this past Sunday during the tag match because you, you know, the young bucks were in character. were supposed to be mad because Jericho and MGF attacked their dad. And Matt Jackson actually did a good job at showing uh, some some anger, some frustration. He was putting more into his punches. Nick Jackson, I got nothing for him. He didn't feel angry at all. I was like, dude, hype it up. This guy, these guys just beat up your dad, and you're not gonna be like, fuck you. Like, come on, show a little bit of oomph. Matt Jackson did though, um, and that. That showed me that, okay, this guy knows how to emote a little bit more. This is a guy I can get behind more. And he's just better on the mic overall. I, I do think he's like, he's the better half of the Young Bucks. Um, the only problem I have with their match, Matt Jackson and Ray Phoenix. I know Ray Phoenix gets a lot of props and he is good in the ring. What the hell was that when Matt Jackson... Hits Ray Phoenix, clear in the face, smack dab in the face. Ray Phoenix bumps for it, but then he springs back up and hits a kick of his own. Have you guys ever seen an MMA fight? Like, I understand this is pro wrestling, but that looks stupid. You just got kicked square in the face and you just whoop, whoop, whoop. But the smart, oh my goodness, that was such a great spot. This is awesome. And these are the same people that complain when people call wrestling fake. How can you complain? I'll tell you what, if you're one of the people that liked that spot, I don't want to ever hear you complain about wrestling being called fake ever again, ever again. 
You have no reason to complain about wrestling being called fake. Stop calling wrestling fake. It's predetermined. Then you see a kick. Some guy gets kicked in the fucking face and jumps back up. Oh my gosh. So great. Oh, five star. Dave Meltzer. What the hell was that? And people are probably praising it. How is no one... Ba- this is what I don't understand about this. How is no one backstage seeing stuff like that and going, guys, stop. That looks stupid. I don't... Just... I don't know, man. There are not enough people backstage in AEW telling these people no. That that looks stupid. This looks stupid. You look at the spot on, uh, uh, you look at the spot on Sunday, Marco stunt with the head scissors and the dark order guy had to literally send himself over. Like guys, you got to clean this stuff up there. Even on this show, uh, Thunder Rosa jumps on five people and they all come tumbling down. Guys, it stop. That spot looks so stupid. It looks fake. Once again, if you think that spot's great, then I don't want to ever hear you complain about wrestling looking being, being called fake ever again. If you don't want wrestling to be called fake, then how about you try to make it look a little bit legitimate? What a concept. Uh, Makito, her goofy, dumb karaoke gimmick, which isn't funny. It's stupid. And she's hitting... She's hitting uh, Hikira Shida with a mic shot, like, and Shida's selling it. That's almost more egregious than Eddie Kingston selling the explosion. No one backstage is saying, hey, clean that up. No one? The, the wrestling industry needs to learn a term. No, they need to learn a two-letter word. No. Jeez. <laughs> and boy, and all that stuff's comedy. We got more comedy on the show, too. And this had nothing to do with the wrestlers. Poor Ethan Page. Apparently, I'm supposed to know who Ethan Page is. Beats me. I have no idea who he is, but I'm supposed to know him, apparently. Um... <laughs> Ethan Page is having his debut match. And for a split second, I thought that AEW had to split the rent of Daly's place with a basketball tournament. Because in the background, I'm hearing, you know, music. Uh, hey, uh, Penn State football games play that all the time football games play all the time and then i and then towards the end of the match i hear the basketball buzzer i'm like is this the royal rumble (laughs) there was some kind of technical glitch where we were hearing a feed from a basketball game (laughs) oh man aw had a bad week this week (laughs) it's a bad week for AEW. <sighs> Christian's going for the world title. That should be fun. I I don't know what else to say about that. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it. Scorpio Sky turned heel. I think that's a good sign. Uh Scorpio Sky's just kind of I know he's well liked. 
but he's just, he needs some spice to his character. He's a little bit more spice. And, you know, we get to the final segment on Dynamite. And I like how it transpired. I thought it was cool the way they did it. I I, I like the idea of MJF starting his own group because FTR and Sean Spears desperately, desperately need to be in, in some kind of meaningful faction. They need someone to talk for them because they just don't got it. I remember when Sean Spears came over to AEW and people were like, oh man, he's going to be a big deal. Dude, the guy's boring. Guy's boring. Hot wife, but boring. Um, They need something. They needed this. Warlow needed this kind of thing too. But I, I do have to admit, um, I was actually hoping that the inner circle was going to turn on Chris Jericho. To me, that would have been more interesting. And I think that it would have been, it would have been more interesting to see the interactions between Chris Jericho and, uh, and, and Sammy Guevara. If Jericho would have been outnumbered by the rest of the inner circle and, you know, Jericho has to go swallow his pride and go back to find Sammy and say, Sammy, I need your help. I'm sorry I disowned you, but let's get list sex by list sex gods back together and let's do this. That sounded wrong. But you know what I mean when I say let's do this. <laughs> you know, not 69ing like Kenny Omega. <laughs> anyway. Um, I, I thought that would have been a better, a more interesting in-depth character type of thing, but they went this route and it's fine. Um, I was wondering why Wardlow was absent. He was absent, I think on Sunday and then he wasn't in this segment. I'm like, why is he not there? You know, what's going on? Um, but then we realized, um, and this was, this is cool. I, I think this could be cool. Some, uh, some team warfare, um, I think we'll eventually get a singles match with MJF and, and Jericho, which will be a lot of fun. So I, this is a step in the right direction. There's a lot of different angles coming out of AEW right now, out of the show that could be interesting. Uh, th- this angle that I just got done talking about Scorpio sky and Darby Allen could be interesting. Britt Baker obviously is going to eventually I think she's going to eventually be in the title picture for the women's championship. Uh, Cody and Penta could be cool, but uh, it was one of those reset shows. And that's really what it comes down to. So that's it guys. That's it for this week's edition of hot tags and headbang. I hope you guys enjoyed, as I said, hit like and sub- hit like and subscribe. So interesting week in wrestling. <laughs> pretty eventful and not not for all good reasons there was there were good reasons but there were plenty of other things um but uh make sure you hit me up on instagram twitter and tiktok i'm on there i i do instagram a lot more i live tweet during the shows and everything so that's a whole lot of fun so now you have mjf uh, making his own faction perhaps they'll be called the 
outer pentagon. Ah, ah, ah. You get it, because it's, you know, the inner circle, outer, another shape. Pentagon, because it is five people, and technically it's five people. Uh, MJF, Wardlow, Sean Spears, and then FTR. <laughs> I'm hilarious. You guys take care. Have a great uh, weekend. Enjoy. Uh, enjoy. Smackdown tonight and see Roman Reigns do more stuff and uh, see more bad WrestleMania build. Sasha and Bianca can go out there and argue about who's better and be boring as hell. And that's it. So uh, take care, guys. And as always, you guys stay dashing.